Hey, it's Otis here. Before we get to the bedtime reading, I wanted to let you know that I just launched a brand new show. It's called The Daily Book Club, a daytime companion to Sleepy, where you hear entire books one chapter at a time, one day at a time. Simple as that. So if Sleepy is how you uh, wind down your day, The Daily Book Club is a great way to start your day. There's new episodes daily. Uh, I read in a slightly peppier voice so that you can get really lost in these amazing stories that have stood the test of time. Or, just like Sleepy, you can sit back and relax and zone out to a good book. The first book we'll be reading is The Enchanted April by Elizabeth Von Arnhem. Story is, in the 1920s, four women unfulfilled with life take a chance and abscond to a dreamy medieval Italian castle. It's a story dripping with wisteria, the beauty of solitude, and an unlikely pursuit of joy in Portofino, Italy. I think that this is a perfect story for the season, and you can hear it now. Find The Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. This show has been a long time coming, and I'm so excited to bring you even more stories. So go subscribe to The Daily Book Club to hear what happens next. Thanks. This episode of Sleepy is proudly sponsored by ButcherBox. If you've listened to Sleepy for a while, you know that I love good food, eating well, and treating my body right so that I can take on my days. Well, ButcherBox helps you do exactly that. They deliver super high-quality, 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, crate-free pork, and wild-caught seafood right to your door. It's humanely raised, no antibiotics or added hormones, they have a huge variety to choose from. They are excellent deals. They've got recipes and guides and tips included. And there's free shipping, always. Eating well is a huge factor in getting a good night's sleep, as is sometimes saving the trip to the grocery store and taking some stress out of your daily schedule. I have been loving these deliveries for those reasons. Been cooking up their uh, steak tips with eggs in the morning with butter and scallions and soy sauce. And I also made a delicious brine chicken roast with lemon parsley gravy. So good. The prices for this kind of quality and convenience is really impressive. Uh, yeah, ButcherBox has made me very happy. So sign up at butcherbox.com sleepy and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com sleepy and use code sleepy to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Butcherbox.com sleepy. Eat well, sleep well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, and you're listening to Sleepy. A podcast where I read old books to help you get to sleep, and a proud member of the Airwave Podcast Network. 
I have got a wonderful snoozy bedtime story for you tonight. But before we get to tonight's reading, I just want to thank all of our patrons on Patreon.com. Rebecca, Patty Rook, Sarah Linden, Mark Wapple, Emma Fisher, Lori and Amber, Dominique Gauthier, Brittany, Sasha Lewis Frazier, and Teresa Roguski. And we have a very, very special shout out to James Thompson, who is a listener of the show, and his wife, Keely, um, got him a Patreon $5 membership to the poetry readings for his birthday, which is coming up. So just want to say, James, uh, happy birthday. I'm really glad you like this show, and I really hope that you enjoy the poetry readings. Keely's awesome, so thank you to Keely as well. And for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about right now, um, these are all patrons on patreon.com slash sleepy radio, where you can go on and support the sleepy podcast with small monthly donations, um, a dollar, two dollars, five dollars a month, and five dollars a month gets you access to a special Patreon poetry feed where I send you poetry readings twice a month just for donating, just like James Thompson. Um, so if you get a lot of that out of the show and maybe helps you sleep, consider going to patreon.com slash sleepy radio and donating even a dollar a month. It goes a really long way. And I will read your name in the opening credits of the next show, of course. So again, that's patreon.com slash sleepy radio. Thank you. And as always, the music that you're hearing is by my good friend James Lepkowski, and the cover of her Sleepy is by Grace Kanan. So, it is finally here, sleepy listeners. Another spooky October. I know last year when we did some scary readings for October, um... Some people weren't really a fan. Luckily, there's a lot more episodes to listen to. Um, but a lot of you really, really liked the kind of scarier stories. Um, we read Frankenstein and Dracula, uh, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, um, which was an amazing, amazing book to read for the first time, weirdly enough. Um, and I'm pretty happy to have some spooky books coming up this month that I think you are absolutely going to love. And to start off, I figure a really good way to kick off October is to start with The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. I think as soon as October comes, a lot of people think of this poem particularly anyway. So tonight I am going to start with The Raven and then kind of meander into some of his other writings so that you can doze off to a deep, deep slumber and hopefully not keep you awake with weird dreams of ravens. So, happy October. And now is the time for you to fluff up your pillow just how you like it. Get real comfortable. Feel yourself melt into your bed. Close your eyes and let me read to you.
the raven. Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. To some visitor, I muttered, tapping at my chamber door, only this and nothing more. Ah, I distinctly remember. It was in a bleak December, and each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly I wished the morrow. Vainly I had sought to borrow from my books surcease of sorrow, sorrow for the lost Lenore, for the rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore, nameless here forevermore. And the silken, sad, uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before. So that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating to some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. Some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. This it is, and nothing more. Presently, my soul grew stronger, hesitating then no longer. Sir, said I, or madam, truly a forgiveness, I implore. But the fact is, I was napping, and so gently you came rapping, and so faintly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door, that I scarce was sure I heard you. Here I open the door, darkness there, and nothing more. Deep into that darkness peering, long before I stood there wondering, fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams no mortal ever dared to dream before. But the silence was unbroken, and the stillness gave no token, and the only word there spoken was whispered the word, Lenore. This I whispered, and an echo murmured back the word, Lenore. Merely this, and nothing more. Back into the chamber turning, all my soul within me burning, soon again I heard a tapping somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I, surely that is something at my window lattice. Let me see then what thereat is, and this mystery explore. Let my heart be still a moment, and this mystery explore. Tis the wind, and nothing more. Open here I flung the shutter, when, with many a flirt and flutter, in there stepped the stately raven of the saintly days of yore. Not the least obeisance made he, not a minute stopped or stayed he, but with mien of lord or lady, 
perched above my chamber door, perched upon a bust of Pallas, just above my chamber door, perched and sat, and nothing more. Then, this ebony bird beguiling my sad fancy into smiling by the grave and stern decorum and the countenance it wore, Though thy crest be shorn and shaven, thou, I said, art sure no craven. Ghastly grim, an ancient raven, wandering from the nightly shore. Tell me what thy lordly name is on thy night's Platonian shore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Much I marveled, this ungainly fowl, to hear discourse so plainly. Though its answer little meaning, little relevancy bore. For we cannot help agreeing that no living human being ever yet was blessed with seeing bird above his chamber door. Bird or beast upon a sculptured bust above his chamber door with such a name as nevermore. But the raven, sitting lonely on the placid bust, spoke only that one word, as if his soul in that one word he did outpour. Nothing farther than the uttered, not a feather then he fluttered, till I scarcely more than muttered other friends have flown before. On the morrow he will leave me, as my hopes have flown before. Then the bird said, Nevermore. Startled at the stillness broken by a reply so aptly spoken, Doubtless, said I, what it others is its only stock and store, Caught from some unhappy master whom a merciful disaster Followed fast and followed faster till his songs one burden bore, Till the dirges of his hope that melancholy burden bore Of never, nevermore. But the raven still beguiling my sad fancy into smiling, straight I wheeled a cushioned seat in front of the bird and bust and door. Then upon the velvet sinking I betook myself to linking, fancy unto fancy, thinking what this ominous bird of yore, what this grim, ungainly, ghastly, gaunt, and ominous bird of yore meant in croaking nevermore. This I sat engaged in guessing, but no syllable expressing to the fowl whose fiery eyes now burn into my bosom's core. This and more I sat divining, with my head at ease reclining, on the cushion's velvet lining that the lamplight gloated o'er. But whose velvet violet lining with the lamplight gloating o'er, she shall press, ah, nevermore. Then, methought, the air grew denser, perfume from an unseen censer, swung by a seraphim whose footfalls tinkled on the tufted floor. Wretch, I cried, thy God hath lent thee, by these angels he hath sent thee respite, respite, and the pant from thy memories of Lenore, 
quaff, oh, quaff this kind of pan, and forget this lost Lenore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil. Prophet, said I, thing of evil. Prophet still, if bird or devil, whether tempter sent, or whether tempest tossed thee here ashore, desolate, yet all undaunted, on this desert land chanted, on this home by horror haunted, tell me truly, I implore. Is there, is there balm in Gilead? Tell me, tell me, I implore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil. Prophet still, if bird or devil, by that heaven that bends above us, by that God we both adore. Tell this soul with sorrow laden, if within the distant Aden, it shall clasp a sainted maiden, whom the angels name Lenore. Clasp a rare and radiant maiden, whom the angels name Lenore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Be that word our sign of parting, bird or fiend, I shrieked, on starting. Get thee back into the tempest and the night's plutonian shore. Leave no plume as a token of that lie thy soul hath spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken, quit the bust above my door. Take thy beak from out my heart and take thy form from off my door. Quoth the raven, nevermore. The raven never flitting, still is sitting, still is sitting on the pallid bust of Pallas just above my chamber door. And his eyes have all the seeming of a demon that is dreaming. And the lamplight o'er him, streaming, throws his shadow on the floor. And my soul, from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor, shall be lifted nevermore. The bells. Hear the sledges with the bells, silver bells. What a world of merriment their melody foretells. How they tinkle, tinkle, tinkle in the icy air of night. All the stars that oversprinkle, all the heavens seem to twinkle with a crystalline delight. Keeping time, time, time in a sort of runic rhyme to the tin tinnibulation that so musically wells from the bells, 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 from the jingling and the tinkling of the bells. Here, the mellow wedding bells, golden bells, what a world of happiness their harmony foretells. Through the balmy air of night, how they ring out their delight from the molten golden notes and all in tune. What a liquid ditty floats to the turtle dog that listens while she gloats on the moon. 
Oh, from out the sounding cells, what a gush of euphony voluminously wells. How it swells, how it dwells on the future, how it tells of the rapture that impels to the swinging and the ringing of the bells, 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 of the bells, 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 to the rhyming and the chiming of the bells. Here, the loud alarm bells, brazen bells, what a tale of terror now their turbulency tells. In the startled ear of night, how they scream out their affright, too much horrified to speak, they can only shriek, shriek, out of tune, in a clamorous appealing to the mercy of the fire, in a mad expostulation of the deaf and frantic fire, leaping higher, 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 with a desperate desire and a resolute endeavor. Now, now to sit, or never, by the side of the pale-faced moon. Oh, the bells, bells, bells. What a tale their terror tells of despair. How they clang and clash and roar. What a horror they outpour on the bosom of the palpitating air. Yet the ear, it fully knows by the twanging and the clanging how the danger ebbs and flows. Yet the ear distinctly tells in the jangling and the wrangling how the danger sinks and swells by the sinking or the swelling in the anger of the bells. Of the bells. Of the bells, 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 bells. Bells, bells, bells. In the clamor and the clangor of the bells. Hear the tolling of the bells. Iron bells. What a world of solemn thought their monotony compels. In the silence of the night, how we shiver with affright at the melancholy menace of their tone. For every sound that floats from the rust within their throats is a groan. And the people, ah, the people, that they dwell up in the steeple all alone. And who tolling, tolling, tolling in that muffled monotone feel a glory and so rolling in the human heart a stone. They are neither man nor woman, and neither brute nor human. They are ghouls, and their king it is who tolls. And he rolls, 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 rolls. A peon from the bells, and his merry bosom swells with the pain of the bells, and he dances and he yells, keeping time, time, time in a sort of runic rhyme to the paean of the bells of the bells keeping time, time, time in a sort of runic rhyme to the throbbing of the bells of the bells, bells, bells to the sobbing of the bells
keeping time, 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 as he nails, 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 in a happy, runic rhyme, to the rolling of the bells, of the bells, 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 to the tolling of the bells, of the bells, 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 to the moaning and groaning of the bells. Al Hurath, part one. Oh, nothing earthly, save the ray thrown back from flowers of beauty's eye, as in those gardens where the day springs from the gems of circus eye. Oh, nothing earthly, save the thrill of melody in woodland rill, or music of the passion hearted. Joy's voice so peacefully departed that, like the murmur in the shell, its echo dwelleth and will dwell on nothing of the dross of ours, yet all the beauty, all the flowers that list our love and deck our bowers, adorn yon world afar, afar, the wandering star. T'was a sweet time for Nisachi, for there a world lay lolling on the golden air, near four bright suns, a temporary rest, an oasis in the desert of the blessed. Away, away, mid seas of ray that roll in Pyrian splendor o'er the unchained soul, the soul that scarce the billows are so dense can struggle to its destined imminence. To distant spheres, from time to time she rode, and lay to ours the favored one of God. But now the ruler of an anchored realm, she throws aside the scepter, leaves the helm. And amid incense and high spiritual hymns, laves in quadruple light her angel limbs. Now happiest, loveliest, and yon lovely earth, when sprang the idea of beauty into birth, falling in wreaths through many a startled star, like a woman's hair amid pearls, until afar it lit on hills Achaean, and there dwelt. She looked into infinity and knelt. Rich clouds were canopies about her curled, Fit emblems of the model of her world. Seen but in beauty, not impeding sight. Of the other beauty glittering through the light. A wreath that twined each starry form around. And all the opal air in color bound. All hurriedly she knelt upon a bed of flowers. Of lilies such as reared the head. On the fair capo de Cato, and sprang so eagerly around about to hang upon the flying footsteps of the pride of her who loved a mortal and so died. The cephalica budding with young bees 
upreared its purple stem around her knees, and Jemmy Flower and Trebizond misnamed, inmate of highest stars where erst it shamed all of their loveliness, its honeydew, the fabled nectar that the heathen knew, deliriously sweet, was dropped from heaven and fell in gardens of the unforgiven in Trebizond and on a sunny flower so like its own above that to this hour it still remaineth torturing the bee with madness and unwanted reverie with madness and unwanted reverie in heaven and all its environs the leaf and blossom of the fairy plant and grief disconsolate linger grief that hangs her head repenting follies that full long have fled heaving her white breast to the balmy air like guilty beauty chastened and more fair Nistanthes, too, as sacred as the light, she fears to perfume, perfuming the night, and Clydia pondering between many a sun, while pettish tears adown her petals run, and that aspiring flower that sprang on earth and died, ere scarce exalted into birth, bursting its odorous heart and spirit to wing, its way to heaven, from garden of a king, and Valisnarian lotus thither flown from struggling with the waters of the Rhone, and Daima's lovely purple perfume, Zante, Isola d'Oro, Fior de Levante, and the Nalumbo bud that floats forever with Indian Cupid down the holy river, fair flowers and fairy to whose care is given to bear the goddess song in odors up to heaven. Spirit that dwelleth where in the deep sky the terrible and fair and beauty vie beyond the line of blue the boundary of the star which turneth at the view of thy barrier and thy bar of the barrier overgone by the comets who were cast from their pride and their throne to be drudges till the last. To be carriers of fire, the red fire of their heart, with speed that may not tire and with pain that shall not part. Who liveth? That we know. In eternity we feel, but the shadow of whose brow what spirit shall reveal. Though the beings whom thy Nisachi, thy messenger, hath known, have dreamed for thy infinity, a model of their own. Thy will is done, O God. The star hath ridden high through many a tempest, but she rode beneath thy burning eye. And here in thought to thee, in thought that can alone ascend thy empire, and so be a partner of thy throne. By winged fantasy, my embassy is given 
till secrecy shall knowledge be in the environs of heaven. She ceased and buried her then burning cheek, abashed amid the lilies there to seek a shelter from the fervor of his eye, for the stars trembled at the deity. She stirred not, breathed not, for her voice was there, how solemnly pervading the calm air. A sound of silence on the startled ear which dreamy poets name the music of the sphere. Ours is a world of words, quiet we call silence, which is the merest word of all. All nature speaks, and even ideal things flap shadowy sounds from visionary wings. But ah, not so and thus, in realms on high, the eternal voice of God is passing by, and the red winds are withering in the sky. What though in worlds which sightless cycles run, linked to a little system and one sun, where all my love is folly, and the crowd still think my terrors but the thunder cloud, the storm, the earthquake, and the ocean wrath. Ah, will they cross me in my angrier path? What though in worlds which own a single run, the sands of time grow dimmer as they run, yet thine is my resplendency, so given to bear my secrets through the upper heaven. Leave tenantless thy crystal home and fly with all thy train athwart the moony sky. Apart life fireflies in Sicilian night and winged other worlds and other light divulge the secrets of thy embassy to the proud orbs that twinkle and so be to every heart a barrier and a ban lest the stars totter in the guilt of man. Uprose the maiden in the yellow night, the single mooned eve. On the earth we play, our faith to one love and one moon adore, the birthplace of young beauty had no more. As sprang that yellow star from downy hours, uprose the maiden from her shrine of flowers, and bent o'er sheeny mountain and dim plain her way, but left not yet her Theriskin reign. High on a mountain of enameled head, such as the drowsy shepherd on his bed, of giant pasturage lying at his ease, raising his heavy eyelid, starts and sees, with many a muttered hope to be forgiven, what time the moon is quadrated in heaven, of rosy head that towering far away into the sunlit ether caught the ray. Of sunken suns at eve, at moon of night, while the moon danced with the fair stranger light. Upreared upon such height arose a pile of gorgeous columns of the unburthened air, flashing from Parian marble that twin smile, far down upon the wave that sparkled there, and nursled the young mountain in its lair. Of molten stars, their pavement such as fall through the ebon air, besilvering the pall 
of their own dissolution while they die, adorning then the dwellings of the sky. A dome, by linked light from heaven let down, sat gently on these columns as a crown. A window of one circular diamond there looked out above into the purple air, and rays from God shot down that meteor chain and hollowed all the beauty twice again, save when between the Empyrean and that ring some eager spirit flapped his dusky wing, but on the pillars seraph eyes have seen the dimness of this world, that grayish green, that nature loves the best for beauty's grave, lurked in each cornice, round each architrave. And every sculptured cherub thereabout, that from his marble dwelling, peered out. Seemed earthly, in the shadow of his niche, decaying statues in a world so rich, freezes from Tadmor to Persepolis, from Baalbek in the stilly, clear abyss, a beautiful Gomorrah, oh, the way is now upon thee but too late to save. Sound loves to revel in a summer night, witness the murmur of the gray twilight that stole upon the ear and echo of many a wild star gazer long ago that stealeth ever on the air of him who musing gazeth on the distance dim and sees the darkness coming as a cloud is not its form, its voice, more palpable and loud. But what is this? It cometh, and it brings a music with it to the rush of wings, a pause, and then a sweeping, falling strain. And Misachi in her halls again, in the wild energy of wanton haste, her cheeks were flushing and her lips apart, and zone that clung around her gentle waist had burst beneath the heaving of her heart. Within the center of that hall to breathe, she paused and panted, Xanthi, all beneath, the fairy light that kissed her golden hair, and longed to rest, yet could but sparkle there. Young flowers were whispering in melody to happy flowers that night, and tree to tree. Fountains were gushing music as they fell, in many a starlit grove or moonlit dell. Yet silence came upon material things, fair flowers, bright waterfalls, and angel wings. And sound alone, that from the spirit sprang, bore burthen to the charms the maiden sang. Neath blue bell or streamer or tufted wild spray, that keeps from the dreamer the moonbeams away. Bright beings that ponder with half-closing eyes on the stars which you wonder hath drawn from the skies till they glance through the shade and come down to your brow like eyes of the maiden who calls on you now. Arise from your dreaming in violet bowers to duty beseeming these star-litten hours and shake from your tresses encumbered with dew the breath of those kisses that cumber them too. Oh, how without you, love, could angels be blessed, those kisses of true love that lulled ye to rest, 
up, shake from your wing, each hindering thing, the dew of the night, it would weigh down your flight, and true love caresses, oh, let them apart, they are light on their tresses, but lead on the heart. Legia, Legia, my beautiful one, whose harshest idea will to melody run. Oh, is it thy will on the breezes toss, or capriciously still, like the lone albatross, incumbent on night, as she on the air, to keep watch of delight on the harmony there? Legia, wherever thy image may be, no image shall suffer thy music from thee. Thou hast bound many eyes in a dreamy sleep, but the strains will arise which thy vigilance keep. The sound of the rain which leaps down to the flower and dances again in the rhythm of the shower. The murmur that springs from the growing of grass or the music of things but are modeled, alas. Away then, my dearest, of high thee away. The springs that lie clearest beneath the moonray, the lone lake that smiles in its dream of deep rest, at the many star isles that enjewel the breast, where wild flowers creeping have mingled their shade on its margin of sleeping, like full many a maid. Some have left the cool glade and have slept with the bee, aroused them my maiden on moorland and lee. Go, breathe on their slumber, and softly in ear the musical number they slumber to hear. For what can awaken an angel so soon, whose sleep hath been taken beneath the cold moon? As the spell, which no slumber of witchery may test, the rhythmical number which lulled him to rest. Spirits and wing and angels to the view, a thousand seraphs birth the Empyrean throw. Young dreams still hovering on their drowsy flight, seraphs and all but knowledge the clean light that fell refracted through thy bounds afar. O death, from I have got upon that star. Sweet was that arrow, sweeter still thy death. Sweet was that arrow, even with us the breath of science dims the mirror of our joy to them with a simile it would destroy for what to them availeth it to know that truth is falsehood or that bliss is well sweet was their death with them to die was right with the last ecstasy of satiate life beyond that death no immortality but sleep that pondereth is not to be and there, oh, may my weary spirit dwell, apart from heaven's eternity, and yet how far from hell. What guilty spirit, and what shrubbery dim, heard not the stirring summons of that hymn. But too they fell, for heaven no grace imparts, to those who hear not for their beating hearts. A maiden angel, and her seraph lover. Oh, and ye may seek the wide skies over. Was love the blind near sober duty known? 
unguided love hath fallen mid tears of perfect moan. He was a goodly spirit, he who fell, a wanderer by mossy mantled well, a gazer on the lights that shine above, a dreamer in the moonbeam by his love. What wonder, for each star is I like there, and look so sweetly down on beauty's hair. And they in every mossy spring were holy to his love-haunted heart and melancholy. The night had found to him a night of woe. Upon a mountain crag, young Angelo, beadling that bends athwart the solemn sky, and scowls on starry worlds that down beneath it lie. Here, say he with his love, his dark eye bent, with eagle gaze along the firmament. Now turned it upon her, but ever then it trembled to the oar of earth again. I am the dearest, see how dim that ray, how lovely it is to look so far away. She seemed not thus upon that autumn eve. I left her gorgeous halls, no morn to leave. That eve, that eve, I should remember well. The sun ray dropped in lemness with a spell. On the arabesque carving of a gilded wall wherein I sate, and on the drapered wall, and on my eyelids o'er oh, the heavy light, how drowsily it weighed them into the night. On flowers before and mist and love they ran with Persian Saudi and his Gilistan. But oh, that light, my slumber, death the while, stole o'er my senses in that lovely isle, so softly that no single silken air awoke that slept or knew that he was there. The last spot of earth orb I trod upon was a proud temple called the Parthenon. More beauty clung around her columned wall than ever thy glowing bosom beats withal. And when old time my wing did disenthrall, then sprang high as the eagle from this tower, and years I left behind me in an hour. What time upon her airy bounds I hung, one half the garden of her globe was flung, unrolling as a chart unto my view, tenantless cities of the desert too. Ianth beauty crowded on me then, and half I wish to be again of men. My Angelo, and why of them to be, a brighter dwelling place is here for thee, and greener fields than in yon world above, and woman's loveliness and passionate love. But, list, Ianthe, where the air is so soft, failed, as my penitent spirit leapt aloft, perhaps my brain, grew dizzy, but the world I left so late was in decay as hurled, sprang from her station on the winds apart, and rolled aflame the fiery heaven athwart. Methought, my sweet one, when I ceased to soar, and fell not swiftly as I rose before, but with a downward tremulous motion throw, light brazen rays this golden star into 
No long measure of my falling hours, for nearest of all stars was thine to ours. Dread star, that came amid a night of mirth, a red dandelion on a timid earth. We came unto thy earth, but not to us, be given our lady's bidding to discuss. We came, my love, around, above, below, gay firefly, on the night we came and go. Nor ask a reason, save the angel nod, she grants to us, as granted by her God. But Angelo, then thine gray time unfurled, never his fairy wing or the fairier world. Dim was its little disk, and angel eyes alone could see the phantom in the skies. When first Alarath knew her course to be headlong thitherward o'er the starry sea, but when its glory swelled upon the sky, as glowing beauties bust beneath man's eye, we paused before the heritage of men, and thy star trembled as doth beauty then. Thus in discourse the lovers wild away, the night that waned and waned and brought no day. They fell, for heaven to them no hope imparts, who hear not for the beating of their hearts. Thank you for listening to Sleepy. Good night.